Hello and welcome to the UCL News Podcast. I'm George. And I'm Claire. On this week's podcast, we've got Dr Nicola Rayhani talking about strange behaviour in cleaner fish. And we also find out a bit more about Jeremy Bentham and his mummified head. And we've also got Henry with us in the podcast to give us the latest enterprise news. Hello. Hi, Henry. It's nice to have you back again. Hi. Nice to be back. I think it's time we uh, got you a proper kind of business jingle to uh, signify your your return each each show. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it'd be good. Mm, business time. Business time, indeed. <laughs> but first, the news. Um, this week, Oxfam has launched a mobile phone scheme called Shelf Life that lets customers find out about the stories behind secondhand goods it sells in its shops. Oxfam is using technology developed as part of the Tales of Things project led by Andrew Hudson-Smith from UCL's Centre for Advanced Spatial Analysis. The Shelf Life phone app uses QR codes to link stories and pictures provided by the donors of the items to tags attached to the goods. You can then scan these tags using the app to find out about an individual item's past. According to Andy, the plan is to change every Oxfam shop into an interactive social museum and give secondhand goods more meaning. I just love the idea that, you know, in the past when you're wandering around charity shops and secondhand stores, you never really know the past, you know, the, these sure. objects past. And now it'd be really cool to find out their, 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 their backstory. But moving on, um, we have Henry to give us the latest news about the Wilson Review, which is an independent review into improving the relationship between business and universities in the UK. Henry, tell us, tell us more. Yes, yeah, so the Wilson Review uh, was published earlier this week um, and it was commissioned by the government from uh, Professor Sir Tim Wilson, who's the former Vice-Chancellor of the University of Hertfordshire. And basically, it's looking into how to make universities and businesses work better together um, and to make the UK the best place for that to happen. Um, it has a, a huge range of recommendations, um, ranging from encouraging students to do internships in their summer vacations um, and to encouraging the growth of sandwich degrees so that students spend a year in industry as well as obviously doing three years of studying. Um, and also encouraging universities to work with small businesses as well because they have a huge potential for growth and to contribute to our kind of economic recovery. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as you say, it's kind of a big report. There are lots of findings. There's a lot of detail in there. But um, some really important things in terms of innovation and business could come out of this. Um, coming back to the, the UCL focus, what are we doing here at UCL to promote business and kind of innovation and enterprise? Well, we're doing a whole a whole host of things, really. I mean, the, the main thing probably is UCL Advances, which is the university's centre for um, entrepreneurship. And UCL Advances is doing a whole range of things. So it's supporting students that want to set up their own businesses, for example, uh, with funding, mentoring, boot camps, teaching them business skills, all of that kind of thing. And it's also supporting small businesses in London as well. I mean, now more than ever, really, they need support to kind of grow and, and to contribute to the economy. So UCL Advances is providing them with the support and, and the expertise that university can provide, really. And we also have UCL Business, which is the university's technology transfer office. And basically, they uh, take research from the lab and uh, take it into the real world through spin-out companies, for example, or um, licensing technology to, to big companies already out there. So we're already doing, already doing a lot here at UCL. Um, 
And really, we need to see that happening at universities across the country if we are going to make the UK the best place for businesses to work with the universities. Fantastic. Henry, that's brilliant. Thanks for coming on the podcast and hopefully see you again soon. Absolutely. Thanks. And um, talking of risky business, we've got some interesting news for those of you with a more rebellious nature. Researchers led by Professor Chris Frith at the Wellcome Trust Centre for Neuroimaging have found the link between the amount of grey matter in one specific brain region and an individual's likelihood of conforming to social pressures. So during the experiment, to measure how participants responded to social influence, they were tested to see how their preferences for certain pieces of music changed after being told what authoritative music critics thought about them. Strikingly, only grey matter volume in one precise brain region, the lateral orbitofrontal cortex, if you got that right, which is involved in decision making along with emotion and reward, was associated with this measure of social influence. Um, the findings suggest that the brain region is particularly tuned in to recognising cues of social conflict, such as when someone disapproves of a choice, which may prompt the subject to update their opinions. Very interesting research. Um, so that's all the news we got for this show. But stay tuned to hear about my recent trip to meet Professor Philip Schofield and Dr. Tim Kauser of UCL's Bentham Project, where I found out a little bit more about Jeremy Bentham and just what happened to his head when it was stolen by King students. But first, familiarity with your partner is usually thought to promote teamwork, but a new paper in the Proceedings of the Royal Society B has found that, in cleaner fish at least, familiarity in fact breeds contempt. To find out more about this intriguing finding, we went to chat to lead author Dr Nicola Ray Barney. 